Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. Colossians uh, chapter 2 is where we are today. Um, before we get there, there was, there's one thing that came out in last, last week's passage that I don't feel like I really focused on enough because it's really what I feel to be kind of the main theme for all the Colossians. Um, and it was this part, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I feel like that saying is what Paul is unpacking throughout Colossians. It's like, what does it mean for Christ to be in us? Yes, it is Christmas time. Yes, it's the time we celebrate the fact that he came to earth, um, that God came, became a man. He was born as a man, lived as a man. Um, and all of that was leading up to this point where after his death and resurrection and ascension, we now can have this great mystery of the fact of Christ in us. And so, um, so just keep that in mind as we continue through Colossians. And then I'll start in chapter 2, verse 1. Where it says this, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving." And so today what I want us to do is I'm going I'm to give you what I think is kind of the main point here, at least what stands out to me, and then we're going to go back and uh, pull out some, some sub-points under that that will help us kind of understand that main point. Um, but I think the main point is the part I, I read there just at the end, and that what Paul is wanting for the people at Colossae, um, also the people at Laodicea that he meets, he mentions there earlier in verse one, also for all who have not seen me face to face, have you seen Paul face to face? I have not. So I think this is what he wants for all of us, is that the goal is to be established in faith and abound in thanksgiving. He wants us to be established and abounding. He doesn't want us just like hanging on, like barely, barely, barely squeaking through. He says, no, I want you established. I want you abounding in thanksgiving. So how do we get there? Three points that I see in this passage. Um, and so I just mentioned in verse one, we see who he's, he's writing to and who he's mentioning. He's saying, hey, I really have a great struggle for you. He has a pastor's heart, a minister's heart, a shepherd's heart, an apostle's heart for these people, people he's never met before. But yet he loves and he cares about them 
because of Christ and what Christ is doing in him. And, uh, and so, so that should be of great encouragement to us. But it goes on in, in verse 2 and it says this. That their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love. So uh, being knit together in love with other Christians is key to being established in faith and abounding in thanksgiving. When, when something is, is knit together then it's better. Um, any knitters in here? Anybody knit? I do not have these skills. Okay, a few of you are like, this is a dangerous question to answer, but I, I, I kind of can do that. Um, I remember when our kids were younger, a uh, lady in the church, Janine, she mainly joins us online because she lives down uh, a ways from here now and it's harder for her to get here. Um, but she loved to knit, um, still does. Uh, but uh, she actually made our kids uh, toys that she knitted. Um, and so not just like, like a stuffy, like our daughter had a little, you know, the little toy play kitchen. She made food items um, that she knitted for our daughter's toy kitchen. So like our daughter had these really cool little donuts and stuff like that. That, yeah, we still have them. Okay, I, I don't know what's in my daughter's room because it's kind of crazy in there. Um, but uh, uh, apparently we still have them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and so it's these really cool little toys um, that, uh, that Janine took time and love and, and knitted and, and, uh, and blessed our daughter with. Um, and I want to ask you, like, like, what is more valuable to a, a young child? A nice little knitted toy or if she had come and said, hey, here's a string of yarn. I mean, kids can have fun with yarn, but I think the toy is, is, is of more value. If any of you are really good at knitting, maybe, maybe you've uh, knitted a sweater before. I would propose to you that most likely that sweater provides you more warmth than if you just wrapped a bunch of yarn around yourself, right? And the point I'm trying to make is this, is that, that when things are knitted together, they're of more value and they work better and they fulfill their purpose better than when they're alone. And I think that, that points to what, what Paul is saying here, that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love. When we as Christians are knit together in love, then we have more value, we have more purpose, we're better able to function the way that God wants us to function. If you're trying to live the Christian life as just, hey, I'm a single string of yarn out here by myself doing my thing, because you know what? I don't really like that feeling of like when I get all in the little, what do you call these things? What are, they? are they needles? Hooks, needles. See, I don't know. I don't know knitting. All right. But whatever these things are, that part probably wouldn't be very fun. And so the, so the yarn might say, no, I'd, I'd rather just stay over here as a strand by myself. But I want to encourage you that in the Christian life, we're meant to be knitted together. We're meant to be doing life together. Because when, we, when we're doing that, then our hearts are going to be encouraged. I want to tell you just a moment ago when uh, the, the worship team was leading us and I was standing over here and just kind of looking over and seeing you guys singing and pouring your hearts out before the Lord, man, that encourages my heart. It's not the music, but it's, it's our souls together, being knitted together, worshiping him, bringing that before him. 
Because you know what? I heard the exact same songs when they were practicing this morning. It didn't do the same thing as my heart as when you guys were all in here singing it together. And, and that's what I think Paul is getting at here is, is, yes, we're being knit together in love. And that's so, so important for us to reach um, this place that we want to be of being established in a faith and abounding in thanksgiving. If you want to be firm in what you believe, if you want to be firm in your faith, you need that. So, uh, number two, moving on. Paul mentions here that he does not want us to be deluded. So, not being deluded, but knowing the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ are key to being established in the faith and abounding in thanksgiving. Let's read that part. So going on in verse two. To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may, be, may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. And so he ends there with that part by saying like, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing this in you. You guys are firm. You're rooted. I, I hear of that your faith is firm in Christ. And I rejoice in that. I rejoice that as a group, you're in good order. It's not a bunch of crazy stuff happening here with the Colossians. You know, this is very different than like if you read the book of Galatians, where at at this point in the letter to them, Paul's basically saying, you foolish Galatians, right? Like, so there's there's a difference here. Like he's not just writing to rebuke them like he has to do with the Galatians, but he's writing to encourage them and strengthen them saying, hey, even though, yeah, you're in good order, good things are happening, I want to remind you that this is so important. This is so important that you protect that, that you lean into that, that you, you focus on that. Because what was happening, what was happening is something we've already mentioned in other places in Colossians, but there was this, this group spreading this, this kind of false teaching of Gnosticism where they were coming in and saying, you know, all physical matter is bad and evil. Therefore, Jesus was not fully God and fully man, because if he were fully God, then being mixed with matter, which is man, then, then he would be nothing. It would, it would be no good. Um, so they come in teaching this stuff, and Paul is saying, he's encouraged them. He's like, no, actually, that group's all about wanting to know these mysteries, right? That they want to know this knowledge. He said, here's the mystery. Here's the mystery of God. It's Jesus. All of the wisdom and knowledge, there's, just, there's a treasure here. There's riches in the wisdom and knowledge of Christ. In Jesus, you find the answers to all of these things. He is full of wisdom and knowledge, and his word gives that to us. There is great treasures to be found here. The thing about treasure is sometimes you got to dig. Sometimes you got to do some work. So I encourage you, take, take the, the word, take his, his treasures that he's given to us, this great mystery that is Jesus, and put it into your life. Use it. 
And when you're doing that, then verse 4 will come into play for you. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Because here's the thing. From the start of Christianity all the way through today, there's always threats to the teaching of Scripture. There's always groups that want to twist what the Bible says, or they, they want to make it serve their own purposes in a different way, or they want to change this little bit over here, or, or not emphasize this over here, or, or just, well, yeah, sure, Jesus, but. And that's going to come at you. And here's the thing about it. These things aren't threats because they sound ridiculous. These things are threats because they're plausible arguments. They come in, they sound good. They sound like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that sounds, oh, what, huh? But when you truly know the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge of Jesus, when you hear those things, you're like, oh, that's, that's not treasure. That's garbage. But you have to discipline yourself to know his word, to know his treasures in order to be able to discern those things. And so that's what we need in the Christian life is, is to have that, that wisdom and knowledge and discernment. Um, and he, he says in verse 5, For though I'm absent in body, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So he's saying like, hey, you're getting this. And I want to encourage you as a church, I see this in you guys. If, if I got up here um, preaching craziness, you guys wouldn't stand for it. You're like, that's, that's not the wisdom and knowledge of Christ. Like, what is that? And, and so, you know, I mean, even when I just joke about angels, you guys are sending me emails with verses in it, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, that's just case in point. Good job. Like, yeah, dig in to the word. Dig into these things. And so, uh, so yes, this is important. It is something that, that we should expect to be a challenge for us. We should expect false teachers to pop up. So what are some of the main things that we should look for in these false teachers? Here's usually what, who they attack. Jesus. Jesus is the one that's on the line. And so when, when false teachings come in, they usually want to discredit either his divinity, his humanity, or his sufficiency. One of those three. They'll either say Jesus isn't fully God. He can't, he, he, he's not that. Or he wasn't really one of us. He was something different. Or the most common today that I see is, yeah, sure, Jesus, but you also need this. Fill in the blank. Yeah, sure, Jesus, that's fine, but he can't really handle all your problems. He can't really do all of this for you. He can't really meet you where you're at in all of these things. And so watch out for any time where someone comes in diminishing Jesus Christ. Because that is a challenge and something we should be looking out for. Going on in verse six, it says this, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him and, and uh, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. And so our final point today, 
which has four sub points, by the way. But our final point for today is being firm in the faith is key. Being firm in the faith is key. So what do we do? Um, How does Paul offer us encouragement on how to be firm in the faith? First thing we saw there, as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. These people have received Christ. They have become followers of Christ. But this is the first step in being firm in the faith, is that you have to receive Christ. And, uh, And this is where it all starts. These people have already done this. These people, had, they understood the fact that Jesus came at what we celebrate at Christmas. This is another one that will throw some of you for a loop. Probably wasn't December 25th when he was born. Um, anyway, but Jesus came at Christmas. Um, he lived as a man. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross paying the punishment for sin. He was buried because he was dead. He rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven and he's calling those who are his to himself to be his and to receive him. And so I wanna encourage you today that maybe Jesus is calling you and what you need right now is to receive him, to receive the free gift of grace that he offers to cover you, to pardon you, to make what is wrong in you right. Jesus offers that free gift before you. Will you receive it? These people have received it. And so based on that, he's saying, hey, because you've received him, now here's what you need to do. You need to walk in Christ. This means in your daily life, each step you take is a step with Jesus. He is in you. He is with you. You're conducting yourself in your life in the way that he would want. You're striving to walk with Christ in him. Live your life the way that he wants you to live. Now, Paul starts mixing his metaphors. And so we're supposed to be walking, but then he says we're supposed to be rooted in Christ. If you're very literal, this can really mess your brain up because how can you be rooted and walking at the same time? Trees don't walk, right? I don't care how many times you've seen Lord of the Rings, trees don't walk, all right? (laughs) But no, he's, he's making different metaphors here to say, yes, we're to walk in Christ, we're to follow Christ with our lives and our actions and our attitudes. The change of heart should come out in the way that you live. But with that, we need to be rooted in him. We need deep roots that that make us firm and stand firm in him and faith in him. Where when these other things, these false teachings might come at us, uh, these questions of who Jesus is come at us, our roots are so deep that says, no, I've got Jesus right here. I'm not being blown down. I'm not being moved around. I've got roots in him. And based on that, we're to be built up in him. We're not to just stay where we are in the Christian life. You don't, you don't just receive Christ and then be like, oh, that's it. Got that checked off for the rest of my life. No, you receive Christ and then he's in you. You're walking with him. You're rooted in him. And things that are rooted and exercising, what do they do? They grow. They mature. As you're digging into the wisdom and understanding that is found in Christ, the knowledge that is in him as that's taking root in your life, then there's gonna be things that are built on that. Your life is gonna grow. Your life is gonna change. You're not going to stay the same. 
So lean into that. Look for that in your life. Expect that in your life. Because the goal is to be established in faith and abound in thanksgiving. Because when all this is happening in your life, then what's going to flow from you is thanksgiving. You're going to be so thankful to him for the good things that he's doing in and through you. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you for the fact that he is the key. I thank you that he is the answer against even plausible arguments that would lead us astray. I thank you that he is the way, the truth, and the life. I thank you that no one comes to you except through him. We give you all glory and all honor. Pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Thank you.